0: Hi, I'm Laura. And I'm Jill. And this is Crime Divers. Hello, everybody, welcome to today's episode. Hello, everyone, welcome back to Crime Divers. So, Jill, where in the world are we? We're in the UK. Again, Again. this is like the third case in a row we've been in the UK. And now explain to our lovely listeners about your title. (laughs) I can't think of one. (laughs) So for anybody who's listening. You will already know our title. Yes, because actually we will have thought of one by the time this is published. So it will have a title. But as we're recording it. Jill couldn't come up with a decent one but obviously I couldn't help her because I didn't I, want to tell her yeah because I, I need to know the story so hopefully after we've recorded it I might be able to help her with a title so there will be a title just in case you wonder why you're awful confused about the fact there is a title and we're saying there's not a title <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> but there will be a title <laughs> got it uh, yeah and you know what like what once I've told you the the
1: case you'll probably be like that was easy. Like you're probably giving me a title like straight away, but probably. I mean, I finished this. I finished writing this case about um
0: three days ago, mm-hmm. four days ago, mm-hmm. and I still haven't been able to think of a title. To since be honest, then. you probably finished it, put it away, and then, didn't think about it again after that until today. Well, and it, then you went, oh, I have a title still. <laughs> I, know, I was playing on the PlayStation with your daughter the
1: other day, so that and then. Oh, so it's my fault. It was my birthday um the other day as well, and Laura bought me The Sims for the PlayStation 4, so, you know, I've been a bit distracted.
0: Clearly. <laughs> so, there is a title, as you listeners know, but currently, yeah, as we're recording, there is no title. How cool is that, though? That at this
1: point in time when they are listening, mm-hmm. they will know what the title is, but we don't... It's like a,
0: like yeah. being in a time
1: machine kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Shall we just dive in?
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> right Compose yourself I'm composed oh, okay. Let's dive in
1: So we're going to talk about the Blackwell family So the Blackwell family consisted of parents Brian Senior And Jacqueline And their son Brian Junior I was a bit confused though Because a lot of the um, reports that I saw They called the dad Sidney
0: Okay It's not Brian
1: <laughs> is it? And <laughs> I thought And I tried nickname? to kind of figure out why they were calling him Sydney, mm-hmm. And because at one point I thought, am I looking at, is this two different cases that I'm looking at? You know, mm-hmm. is there a Sydney Blackwell and a Bra- Brian Blackwell? But mm-hmm. no, it was like the, the same case. So I don't know if that, because if I'm assuming his name must be, must be Brian Senior because their, their son's called Brian. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. senior and junior. Uh-huh. But maybe Sid, Sydney was maybe a nickname or a middle name or something they went by. But Maybe. I don't know. I'm just going to call him Brian Senior because I think that's what his name is.
0: Okay, we'll go with
1: that. So we've got Brian Senior, Brian, Brian Junior, and the mum, the and wife, wife, mum is Jacqueline, Jackie. Okay. Okay, so, Brian Senior met Jacqueline in the 1960s when they both worked as buyers for Littlewoods stores in Liverpool, England.
0: Oh, Littlewoods. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you know what, right? I'm just going to tell her us, I'm going to embarrass you. Oh,
0: God. okay. Anytime
1: I think of Littlewoods, it reminds me of Laura because i'm oh thinking, why what, what did i do you needed to pee every time we went into little you'd did be yeah you, you'd be like a you know like a toddler in your buggy mm-hmm. and me and me and you and mum would you know go into edinburgh I would go shopping uh-huh. and as soon as we walked in i mean like you weren't you know as i said you were a toddler you didn't know like be able to read the signs or anything mm-hmm. like that but as soon as we went into a you're like "Mummy, i need the toilet <laughs> every single time and we'd have luckily there was toilets in Little Woods. You must them. have liked the toilets in Little Woods. I think that must have been what it was. So whenever I think of Little Woods, because Little Woods isn't there I think it's like a catalogue
0: thing yeah, now, it's now it's isn't it? it's, it's not a thing, but
1: not a shop. It's not an actual shop, so but every time I think of Little Woods, I think of Laura being a a, a toddler and needing a pee.
0: Well, there you go. So there
1: you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I thought because when I was writing it, I immediately thought of you. And then I thought, well, I say something. But just because you went, oh, so I thought, yeah, I'm going to embarrass you. Because <laughs> you actually do remember the really shop Littlewoods. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's where Brian and Jacqueline met each other. They worked as buyers for Littlewoods. Okay. In Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both married at the time to other partners, but after knowing each other for 20 years, and by now they were both divorced, mm-hmm. um, they got together. And they had their son and uh, Brian in 1986, and they got married. So, Brian was their only kid together, but Brian Sr. had two much older kids from his first marriage. Uh So, they lived in a nice, quiet village just outside Melling, which is in the northern suburbs of Liverpool. So, Brian Jr. was really clever, and he was known by his friends as brains, and it was known by his parents' friends as a very nice, pleasant, polite, bright young man. That was quite a lot. That
0: is quite a lot of my description, (laughs) but
1: yeah, okay. He was described as an exemplary student and he won a scholarship to Liverpool College. He worked hard at college, he was particularly good at languages and sciences, and he wanted to be a doctor. Good
0: good aspirations.
1: Yeah, so the head teacher of the college said, like, he was, like, Brian was one of their high flyers. Mm -hmm. And after college, he was planning on going to study medicine at the University of Nottingham. So although all well, all was well at school, at home it wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. So Brian was starting to clash with his parents. Um, as they wanted to have... They wanted him to have fr- friends like more their age than his. I mean, being in mind, he's like, you know, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, 17, 18. And they want him to have friends like their age. And they were older. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You know. That's... Uh, yeah, it's a bit strange. Mm-hmm. And I think they were quite possessive, mm. um, they li- and they liked him going to the tennis club, with, like, they were obviously members of the tennis club, and, like, they liked him to go there, because probably they could keep an eye on him, knew he wasn't getting up to no good, or yeah, whatever, uh-huh. and he had been an under-18s tennis champion. Oh,
0: right,
1: okay. So, they didn't like him going out with, or, like, hanging around with kids of his own age. It's just... Did they not think that they were
0: good enough for him, or something, or just that they might I, just, I don't know. But I don't know if they were worried that he was going maybe, or maybe. something? Like I, just, I don't know. I just... I, I, I mean, I know we all, you all want your kids to, to do well and have nice friends and stuff. You don't want them to get in a bad crowd. But, I mean... But you can't
1: wrap them up in cotton wool. Well,
0: exactly. You've still got to let them make their own decisions mm-hmm. and, of course, have friends that are, are about their own age. I mean, you give or take a few years is fine. But, I mean, you've <laughs> to have, like, friends there. I mean, yes, you can have, say, friends, family friends that they can... They know it and stuff, but I yes, mean, it's it's a bit it's a bit strange. You know, like. So you think you'd be making maybe friends that are going to study medicine as well or at university? So mm-hmm. you think those types of friends would be similar to how he is? So. Yeah,
1: I don't get. I not I didn't get their logic of what that was all about. But
0: yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Well, not fair
1: enough. But yeah, okay. <laughs> and like, um. Aloha said he was planning on studying at the University of Not Nottingham, Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, Brian had actually been accepted at the University of Edinburgh as well. Oh, OK. But he he didn't want to go to Edinburgh, as I said, he was planning on going to Nottingham. Mm-hmm. But his parents did want him to go to Edinburgh. OK. So Brian senior even called the admissions officer at Edinburgh University and changed Brian Jr.'s place to there and said, was like, <gasps> oh, no, he's not going to not- Nottingham, he's going to That's Edinburgh. That's terrible. Like,
0: you should <laughs> never... I mean. Obviously, when the kids are younger and, you know, they go to, well, up here, they go to primary school, secondary school. I get that. You choose where they go to school here. But once they get older and university, college, to it's me, then choice. that's their choice. Yeah, like where they go. I mean, obviously, as a parent, you'd obviously want to discuss it with your child but and see what is for the best. But ultimately, it's sure it's got to be their choice. You can't, especially mm-hmm. when Edinburgh isn't just down the road from Nottingham. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite a, you're sending them basically somewhere where he doesn't know anybody. He doesn't know the surroundings prep potentially yeah
1: the impression that i got was just like they thought edinburgh was a nicer a nicer city which i mean it probably is i don't know i've never been in nottingham so i can't say (laughs) i'm just biased because obviously we're from edinburgh but yeah i mean but so what like if you like edinburgh so much you go you can go and visit edinburgh while he's in college in nottingham you know know,
0: because it is his choice yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't be there no, I shouldn't. And your... I mean, like... they and were... shouldn't do that. Like, phone no. admissions office and go behind your back and change... No, I, I don't agree with that. But I mean, like,
1: they were very proud of their son and did you nearly fall off that chair again? Yeah. Um, they, they, yeah, they wanted him to do well and they seemed to put a lot of pressure on him mm. to do well. They were, like, as I said before, they were just really overprotective of him. And like, I was thinking, like, maybe because they're older parents mm. and maybe they wanted him to be OK once they were gone because... You know, Brian Senior would have been about 53 and Jacqueline would have been about 42 when Brian Junior was born.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And and plus he was Jacqueline's only child as well. You yeah, know, yeah. like, um, Brian Senior had two other kids. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. So I wondered if that was maybe the case, you know, but still...
0: Yeah, but I mean, sadly, there, there are cases in the world where, you know, where parents have put pressure on their kids and... A lot of them rebel. A, yeah, well, exactly. But that's the, the, the worry is they you might just go, do you know what, stuff this, I'm just not going to do it. Mm. I mean
1: I, I know what I was like as a, as a teenager and if my parents our parents had said no you're not gonna do that you're gonna do this I would have went do you know what I am gonna do, I am gonna do that like mm-hmm. I don't care what you say I'm gonna do what I want totally so but anyway um Brian Jr's school friends described him as being a little bit cocky and an extrovert and he was prone to lying mm-hmm. and his lies became more elaborate as he grew older so he was beginning to build a fantasy life for himself, which would centre around his ability as a tennis player. Because remember, he was a good player. He was, you know, championship, yeah. under great teams. Uh-huh. And he was a good player, but, like, he wasn't in the big leagues. No, you know? no, no. <laughs> um, But he believed that he was far better than what he actually was. Right. Um, And it, 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 he believed that he could make a career from playing tennis, but that wasn't going to happen. He, he wasn't that good. No. Um, but he was actually given a sponsorship by a tennis sp- sports firm, mm-hmm. but uh, um, but apparently it was like their lowest form of sponsorship. So it was where basically he was just able to buy rackets and equipment mm-hmm. at a discounted price. Right. That was basically it. it wasn't right. much of a sponsorship. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Brad, but Brian was claiming that he was being fairly well sponsored by leading sports firms. One of them being Nike. Huh. <laughs> you know just. Just this little old company called Nike, (laughs) (laughs) um, and he was getting to travel to international events. So this is what he was was saying, yeah. Uh And it was later found out that he had actually doctored one of the tennis magazines' charts. So, like, obviously, there was a chart of the young player standings, and he put himself at number one when Mm -hmm. he wasn't even in any of the charts. Oh, so he like doctored it to put Uh himself in number one, just to impress. Like, well, as I say, like he did it mainly to impress his girlfriend, Amal. Right. So she was 17
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a fe- he, she was a fellow student at Liverpool College. Brian and Amal became friends in 2001 and over three years that friendship developed into a romantic relationship. And they both wanted the same things. They were studying the same subjects and they both wanted to go to Nor- Nottingham Universities to study medicine. Mm-hmm. So, but he, he I mean... as. To me that's quite impressive. Anyway, mm, of like yeah, you're you're going to study medicine, you're going to be a doctor. To me yeah. that's impressive.
0: That's yeah, totally. That's goals. If you want to impress impress a, a girl then to me that that impresses somebody. Yeah. That that, that would
1: impress me totally. even like she's obviously in the same boat. She's doing the same things. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, yeah, you're impressing me and that's really great because we're both on the same yeah, level, you know. Totally. But that wasn't he obviously didn't think that was good enough. So he wanted her to think that he was going to be really wealthy as a successful tennis player. Right. Because he, you know, because he would earn all this money through sponsorships. You know, Nike being one of them. <laughs> yeah. So Amal's friends, they did question Brian's stories quite a lot about him being a successful pre- um tennis player.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because of their questions, she did go online and sort of have a little bit of a look. Mm-hmm. So she must have had niggling dance, but it mustn't be enough to actually confront him about anything because none sort of came, came of it. it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't need a drink a really dry mouth Um, so I think I think she was probably just caught up in the fantasy life that Brian had created as a successful tennis player like he was buying her apparently expensive jewellery but actually her mum was a bit suspicious and she actually asked Brian for receipts (laughs) for the jewellery but she said it was so that she could get them insured because obviously it was supposedly this really expensive Uh jewellery yeah So she was like, oh, give me the receipts and I can get them insured for Mm -hmm. you. Never produced produced the receipts, so it must not have been really expensive. No, it must have just been made Um, money like it was. So obviously, like Amal's friends and family, they just didn't really trust Brian. But because he was was buying her a part, I don't know if it was expensive or not, but he was buying her stuff, Mm -hmm. um, she believed that he was making good money, which... I can get, I get that. I mean, she's seventeen. She's got this boyfriend that's like, "Oh, I'm a tennis player. And yeah. I'm going to buy you this. I'm going to take you yeah. out for dinner. I'm
0: going to," you know. Why wouldn't you believe it? Exactly. You don't. You don't really question where that money comes from, yeah. really, do you? You just think, "Oh my God, somebody's spoiling me." Yeah. You know, I'm like their center of attention. Like I'm getting all these things. I mean, you would get caught up in it. I think. You would. I th- I I not blame her. I mm. mean, I think she's kind of said
1: like later on, like you know, she's probably a bit gullible and stuff, but maybe in some bits.
0: But I I think it would be easy That's to get caught at up that with it. Age, you you you're very naive about stuff probably, and not. You, you
1: don't know. really question where people get their money from. I mean, it's different mm-hmm. for us. You know, like we're obviously settled down, we're married, mm-hmm. we live with the, You know, with our partners, so our husbands. Mm-hmm. So if he was com- bringing in loads of money, you would be questioning where it was yeah. coming from because you know what he does for a living. Yeah, exactly. But if you're not living with somebody, it's just your boyfriend, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm off doing this, I'm off doing yeah, that. You're not seeing them all the time. Like you don't know everything about them yet. Yeah, you're still exactly. learning about them. So you just sort of take it as So, it is, I, yeah, you know? I
1: don't blame her for getting yeah. caught. Co- I, I think it's 17 years old. I'd be like, well, hey. I know. But but totally. Listen, when I was 17 years old, my boyfriend was on the dole. It was me that was pay- paying for everything. So oh. if somebody was taking me out and buying me expensive jewellery at that age, I would not be questioning where that money was coming from. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, where, 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 where. yeah. So so when Brian told Amal that he had got this big contract with Nike, because of his new new role as an up and coming junior tennis player for his country, mm-hmm. he was now go- he's gonna have to look the part. So he said that he was gonna get he was getting a flat. He was gonna buy a flat, and it was um in the same complex as Steven Gerrard. Football, yeah. Yeah. So if anybody who doesn't know, um, Stephen Gerrard is a a professional football player, and he's like, he's a football manager now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's pretty big deal in the UK. I mean, if I know who he is, then yeah, because he
0: played for Liverpool, <laughs> so he was a big <laughs> Liverpool star.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know anything about football, so if I know, uh, well, I don't know anything about sports. Mm-hmm. So if I know a sports person's name, that means they must be a big yeah for me. I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so he told him out oh, this flat was going to cost four hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Although, well, I don't know. I mean, it did say when I was researching that he never took her there, but I'm not actually sure... I'll sort of explain later on, but I'm not actually sure that he told her that he had moved in yet. I don't know if it was like, I'm going to get this yeah, flat, yeah. Uh-huh. because things don't seem to add up later on when... Right. I'll, I'll explain so, it later. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, he then took her with him because he wanted to go car shopping because he, he needed a car to fit his status mm-hmm. as a prof- this professional tennis player. He couldn't even drive. Didn't even have a driver's license. Right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, here they were getting the car salesman to take them on test drives in like flashy cars, and he later told her that he had bought a sixty thousand pound Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. don't know where she thought this car was. You know, there is maybe some bits that you're kind of like mm, maybe a little bit gullible, but yeah. you know. Um. So Amal said, "Well, you so what? I, I quite fancy getting a car." So he was like, "Right, I'll buy you one." Oh Christ. So, so he took her to a garage and made a r- arrangements to buy a, a Ford car.
0: You know, mm-hmm. those little Oh, so he gets a sixty thousand pound Mercedes. And she gets a Ford Car. gets a Ford car. <laughs> like no, i mean I know it's a no, car, not, but, there's nothing wrong with Ford
1: cars, but, fine car. But the difference in the in, price, yeah. in the price and the of look of it. It's a bit of a difference between a Mercedes Mercedes and a Ford car. Yeah, totally. Um but yeah, i mean, like, there's nothing not wrong with a Ford car. Um and because the car was delivered a few days later. Well, of course she believed, she believed him, because, mm-hmm. like, well, he's bought me a car, so mm-hmm. there's the car. Yeah, I'm sure it probably didn't cost him that much for one of them. Oh, I don't know how much it cost. Um, so, yeah, so, like, she was, you know... that So she had no reason not to believe him, you know, like... They were going to... The... Um, getting the car salesman to take them on test drives, and you know, for a Mercedes, and then... And then, see,
0: like, with the whole test drive thing, I mean, like obviously the, the person who's buying the car is meant to do the test driving mm,
1: yeah but not all the time I mean just like I, I think that's more of a recent thing in recent years
0: mean? just because I thought you would obviously ask to see their driving licence to make sure they were able to drive
1: yeah drive. but that's maybe only if they're if they the one who's driving it but if, if you're getting the salesman to drive it then not necessarily thought,
0: well personally I thought the whole point because I've done test drives for cars that uh-huh. I've bought was because so I got the feel of the car. Well, that See makes sense. See if I sense. like to drive it. Yeah, but but was
1: that always a thing though? Because well, like that's quite trustworthy to let somebody else drive a car. So has that always been a thing? Or did you when you were going to buy a car, you just got the salesperson to drive it? I don't know. I haven't well, got a personally. drive it, I've personally. Yeah, but you've recently been driving in the last twenty years. Yeah, in the last twenty years. That's a
0: long time. That seems like a long time to me. I don't know. Twenty years next year, by the way.
1: Great, well done. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I was impressed when you first passed your tri- driving test, but 20 years later, I'm kind of got you it by now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like, you drive, I know you do. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, well, I don't know what the deal with that was, but yeah, I mean, the salesman was driving, so right, whatever. Okay. <laughs> That's the way it happened. Okay. Um, and he showered her with other gifts as well, so to her it was believable that he had all the money that he said he had. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he didn't have the Money to buy a mile car, he actually had to use the money from a fixed rate bond that his parents had set up to fund his education. That's where the money came from. That because that I don't know how much a Ford car car
0: mm-hmm.
1: costs, but it's obviously not a 60,000 pound car,
0: no, maybe like a few thousand. Yeah,
1: and, I mean, it might have not. I don't know if it was new or if it was used. Yeah, he had, had a payment plan set up, you exactly, know. yeah, we don't know, we don't know, but yeah, he didn't have the money to go and buy it, yeah. buy it outright. Um, from playing tennis. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of. The main thing. Mm-hmm. So one day, Brian asked Amal if she wanted to be his PA, and her salary would be just under eighty thousand pound. So, of course, so of course she's like, yeah. <laughs> so he had a contract drawn up and she signed it, and then he he then wrote her a check for thirty nine thousand pound, which was like half of her salary. So it's like, right, well here's half of your salary now. And he, I don't know, he must have promised her the rest later or whatever I don't know Mm -hmm. obviously I mean it's hard to know all the ins and outs of it when you're just researching a true crime case Mm -hmm. (laughs) the check bounced Mm -hmm. um and I don't know how he managed to get out of that but he he must have had to lie Mm -hmm. his way out of it I I don't know what his excuse was but it must have been pretty convincing because she was still with him you know like she still believed that he Mm -hmm. had all this money I don't know don't know what happened there no but Brian's mum Jackie she soon realized that money was going missing from accounts in Brian's name they were all set up for his education, not for him to be spending willy-nilly, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why he actually had access to it, though. You know, if you're going to set up accounts in his name for his education, you'd think, like, you'd maybe have a thing on it that maybe in your name as well so that he couldn't just go and take the money out. Yeah, because
0: generally that's what happens when you open up accounts for your kids. Like, they're obviously, you're like a trustee mm-hmm. of that person. And then I think they get to a certain age when you can also sign it officially over to them solely. Mm-hmm. But if that was for his education, like I'm not even funny. But if that was me, I, I'd be like, well, I would make sure it goes on to your education. Mm-hmm, like of I, course, I would, yeah. I would allow you to just access it and then dwindle away on whatever you feel like. Yeah, if that's I what mean, I have saved it for. Then that's what it would be getting spent on.
1: Well, that was what it was supposed to be for. I mean, maybe they just because you know I, I told you how his par- his parents' friends described him. Mm-hmm. So up until maybe just this crime, maybe yeah. they just trusted him that. This money was here for when he needs it, and they didn't expect him to go and just take the money out willy Yeah, um, but personally, because I knew how, know how bad I was with money when I was younger, I would never trust a teenager. <laughs> yeah, you wasted your savings, didn't you? Oh, I totally. Um, so like the, the Blackwells had saved heavily for Brian's education, and the money was spread out between like a few savings accounts, and they were concerned about his spending, and they, they confronted him. But again, somehow he must have managed to like smooth it over. Um, you know, I don't know. Probably apologize and promise to stop spending it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Again, we don't know. That we ends don't know and the not. So by spring two thousand and four, the fantasy this fantasy life that Brian had created of being a successful tennis player was starting to spin out of control. But even though his concerned parents were questioning him, he was still determined to go to any lengths to impress Amal. So, like, he would forge... For, forge? Forge? That's a hard word. Forge. Forge. <laughs> forge. Forge. I say forge. 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 Oh, no, but and the more we say it, the weirder it's going to sound. <laughs> so he would forge documents to make her think that he was being sponsored by Nike. And, like, he was just really good at lying. Like, he would never he never seemed to, like, trip himself up. You know, like, normal people do when they're lying. Uh-huh. They usually manage to they forget what they said or whatever, but... He would always remember what he told her, but later it was discovered that he made notes of his conversations with her, so that he could refer back to them. Yeah, so he was clearly making sure that he remembered what he said in previous conversations, and I was like, "What kind of relationship is that? That you can't just have a spontaneous relationship with your girlfriend without having to make
0: notes well, and write it down?" I mean, no. Just...
1: It just seems like a whole lot of hassle to me. Oh
0: well, yeah, exactly. Like I'm sure, like Amal would have actually just liked you for what it was for what you yeah. were and for what you were trying to achieve in your medical side of your of your, you know well so that yeah. must have been what's
1: attracted well, her cause initially because
0: they had something in common
1: yeah like that's how they met each other they've been friends mm-hmm. and then it's like all of a sudden starts making all this stuff yeah, up like, and it's like but you you already,
0: already, she already liked you yeah like why did you feel like you had to do that like what was I I would love to know what his thought mm. process there was like why did he think that he needed to do that to impress a girl that clearly as you said liked him already had something in common with them in the sense that they were looking for the same career path. Mm-hmm. What very strange, isn't it? What, like why would you yeah. feel the need to to make all that stuff up?
1: Yeah, I know. Very strange. Uh one day he made an appointment with the bank, and he he went along and told the bank manager or assistant or you know whoever it was that he was dealing with that he was a professional tennis player, and he named like the particular tennis center, and he said his val his <laughs> val- salary His salary. <laughs> <laughs> His salary was forty five thousand pound. Do you know like, it's weird that um, Am- Amal as a PA, her salary was more than his has been a
0: successful. Yeah, yeah. Because hers was yeah, yeah, like eighty thousand. Yeah, like, yeah, like he's not even earning enough to cover that. <laughs> so that
1: I found that process. strange, uh-huh. but then again, I mean, like, for everything that you read, like, yeah, you see it all on the internet and you read different reports and you watch documentaries and do all this, but then you're like. Is that the exactly right though? Is that the exact amount yeah, of money? Like, you know,
0: unless you're actually there, you don't know exactly how it's all played out and exactly how things mm-hmm. have been done, said, whatever. So we don't know in what context all these things have happened. We just yeah. know what, what we can research and what we can find. That's so why, I like, I, I do question things, but then again, like sometimes I try not to question too much because, as, yeah, you, you know, we, we don't know that we don't no, know the internet. You have got to rely a bit on your your sources of information, but I suppose everybody should know that. We're not necessarily one hundred percent right. Like we're just going off the facts that we can find, but that doesn't well, hopefully mean we're right. But yeah, well, yeah I mean, hopefully we're right. <laughs> hope we fine, but I mean, there are, there might be some inaccuracies that we you know because we we only can go with what we see. Yeah, of course, because we weren't there. Yeah, exactly. We weren't there, so there's. I'm sure there'll be bits and pieces that maybe differ from what we have
1: read. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, that's that's what I, I saw. That he said. Um, he said his salary was forty five thousand, but he needed to access to funds before he got his salary or something because his dad had died. His dad hadn't died. But, you know, that's him just saying that. Mm -hmm. So Brian's mum found out as she confronted him. Oh, no, sorry. He was also, uh, now also applied for credit cards. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian's mum found out as she confronted him again. And at one point, she actually went to the bank and said to them, right, my son's applied for a credit card, but that application form was untrue. Mm -hmm. So withdraw it. Like, that's just no happening. Stop Mm -hmm. it. But it didn't stop him. He just applied for another card, and another, and another, and actually ended up applying for 13 credit cards in his parents' names. Wow. Mm. So? So none was stopping him, like. Because he did get them all, and? I don't know if he got them all, but he was obviously, you know, he, he was getting access to money, so he must have been getting some. Because, you know, as I said, he was still treating them all and
0: yeah.
1: spending money on her. So, and he was getting more and more adventurous in his lies. You know, he told Amalia he was going to play in a tennis tournament in Milan at the end of May 2004 and asked if she wanted to go with him. Of course, she said, yeah. But at the last minute, he told her that she couldn't go and he said that players weren't actually allowed to take their girlfriends. So she was left behind. Right. Uh, He swanned off to Milan and played tennis.
0: Right, okay.
1: So he wasn't at college for like three days and then she got a text from him saying, oh, I'm just about to go on court. You know, wish me luck. on oh, I just met uh, Roger Federer. Another person who I don't know who is. That's, you know, a famous tennis player. Very famous tennis player. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she's like, wow, like, Roger Federer. You know, he's, like, massive in yeah, the tennis yeah, yeah. world, isn't he? Of course, yeah. Um, so, obviously, she was, like, she was upset that she didn't get to go to Milan and get to meet Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. So, to make it up to her, Brian said he was due to play in Florida in the summer and he would definitely take her that time.
0: Right.
1: So... When he got back from Milan, they spent a few weeks planning their trip to Florida and what they were going to do when they got there. So, obviously, he'd be playing tennis, but they would also have other time to to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So, Amal was like so excited, obviously, but Brian must have been wondering how the hell he was going
0: to pull this off. Well, I'm wondering how the (laughs) hell he's going to pull this off.
1: So, on the 25th of July 2004, about eleven a.m., Brian booked two tickets from Manchester Airport to JFK Airport in New York mm-hmm. for himself and a, and Amal. So he booked business class tickets, which would have been a four or five grand, mm-hmm. and he used his dad's credit card to pay for them. Mm-hmm. And then that afternoon, he went he went to the tennis club with his dad. And then, but when he got back, his parents found out about the plane tickets. So I'm wondering if they maybe got an alert from the credit card company maybe going whoa there's been a big a a big purchase on your account maybe it wasn't normal or something like that but for them to find out that quickly
0: yeah but then I'm wondering like because I know you said that he applied for credit cards in their names Mm. but then like was it one of those credit cards that he used or I don't
1: know he just said his dad's credit card I don't again I don't know the ins and outs of it but his his mum had found out by the time they got back right so they confronted kind of him, and he told them that he had promised Amal this holiday. You know, she so was like, I "Have to go." Like I promised her, <laughs> and they were like, "No."
0: <laughs> I mean, they said that like they were
1: a bit sensible, hey? No. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, mean, I feel a bit bad because earlier we be were kind of like saying nasty things about him being overprotective yeah. and stuff like that. But I mean, they did save for his education, mm-hmm. and you know, they they did. Look like they did. They might not have done. I mean, parents are parents. There's no. There's no right or wrong. Yeah, we you all know, make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I think... They meant well. The, they meant well, yeah. I think they wanted the best for him. Mm-hmm. They've they saved up all this money for his education. When they found out he's spending this money, they, they they did put their foot down and they were mm-hmm. like, no, you're not going. You're not spending that money. You're, yeah. you're not going. So, of course, Brian's fuming. Mm-hmm. Because everyone he had promised a mile before, he'd been able to follow through on it. You know, like he said he would buy her a car, a ride on her doorstep. Mm-hmm he said he would buy her a diamond ring and he gave her a ring, although it wasn't diamonds. <laughs> but, right. well, he, he, you know. So whatever he's promised in the past, he nice. has been given her. Mm-hmm. So a row broke out between Brian and his parents and Brian killed them. Oh. So, oh I wasn't
0: expecting that. Oh, were you not? Know, <laughs> no. <laughs> you're usually quite intuitive. I, and I, I, know, thought you were... I know. I didn't actually realise that's where
1: we were heading. Right. Yeah. So he hit his 71-year-old dad over the head with a claw hammer and stabbed him thirty times oh my God. with a ten inch carving knife. Jeez, A knocked sixty one year old mum unconscious with the hammer before stabbing her in the head and chest about twenty times. That's
0: awful. Uh huh.
1: That's
0: like a an angry rage attack,
1: isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you're not letting me. You're not giving me money. You're not letting me go on holiday. So I'm just gonna have a massive tantrum mm-hmm. and kill you. That's that's horrendous. So Brian then burned the clothing that he'd been wearing in an incinerator in the garden. Amal was waiting for him at her house, as they, were, they must have been staying at her house the night before the flight, mm-hmm. and she, like, she was starting to wonder where he was. So she phoned a couple of times, and he must have gave her some excuse about running late. Mm-hmm. A taxi had arrived to pick Brian up, so obviously that must have been pre-booked, but he didn't go out to it. So Amal, she phoned for another taxi to pick Brian up. So he, he did go to that one. So it, it, Brian brought his luggage out and even went back into the house to pretend to say goodbye to his parents. Like, so the taxi driver would see him going mm-hmm. in and saying bye. Mm-hmm. And then he got in the taxi to go to a house, and just left his parents in the house. Um, the taxi driver later said, like, you would never know that Brian had just Committed murder. He just seemed normal. They had a mm. normal conversation, mm. perfectly calm, nothing out the ordinary. Just a guy getting a taxi at his girlfriend's house. You know, maybe talked about their holiday or,
0: mm.
1: you know, just normal. So Brian and Amal flew to New York the next day. Remember, Amal obviously doesn't have a clue about yeah. what what's went on. Mm. So they flew to New York the next day. Brian had arranged for a limo to pick them up from the airport and take them to one of New York's most luxurious hotels, the Plaza.
0: Kinda confused them though, I thought they were meant to go going to Florida. So why did they go to New York? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay. No, well, they were they, yeah. They were going to Florida,
1: but they planned they planned a few different destinations. Oh, the, okay. Sorry, my, my fault. <laughs> I was like, I thought they were going to Florida. Um, now
0: they're in New York. Again. Yeah, sorry. They're they still going to Florida, but all oh, right. Okay, they're going to New York first.
1: Yeah. Um, so, the plaza, sorry. Yeah, the plaza, which I was like, oh, that is expensive because I remember on Friends when uh, Monica and Chandler got engaged, and they were like, oh, let's go for drinks at the plaza. plaza. And they all got dressed up and mm-hmm. everything. Um, so, he had booked one of its top suites overlooking Central Park. For dinner, he ordered a meal of lobster, oysters, and caviar and told her that the next morning she could go shopping at, um, in Fifth Avenue, which is one of the most expensive <laughs> uh-huh. shopping streets in the world, yeah. and buy whatever she wanted. Okay. Um, they ate in fancy restaurants and a bill that was later recovered from one of their meals and it cost, I, didn't, I, I don't understand this at all, right? This meal cost $3,792.07. <laughs> How could you get a meal that, that's
0: that expensive Holy for two people? shit. That's ridiculous. How? That's disgusting. I'm like, no matter how much money I had in the world, no. I think that's I crazy. Still go with McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> i probably enjoy it more than lobster. And I don't like lobster. Or, or I
1: don't like lobster either. No. so. I, have, I, um, you know, like caviar. I don't. I don't think I would like caviar. I haven't tried it, but what is it like? There's that no fish eggs or something. Fish or? eggs or something.
0: Yeah, I would. Mean, it would really no. appeal to me. But no. I just no. Nah. But yeah, I mean, like, if, just because you're rich doesn't mean to say you have to eat. It must have been like. Like buying what, expensive bottles of champagne It, uh, it
1: must have been But, but I mean oh, That's crazy No um. So they also went to San Francisco Miami So mm-hmm. I told you went to Florida oh, yeah, yeah. Miami's in Florida Miami, isn't it? Florida I was just <laughs> going to say Yes <laughs> I was just waiting for I thought she's going to tell me I've got that wrong yeah. Miami, Florida <laughs> yeah. And Barbados oh, Right So now remember The whole point of this trip Was because Brian was supposed to be Playing tennis in Miami Uh huh so obviously he had to make some excuse as to why he wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. So he told Amal that he couldn't play because the weather didn't suit it, and the tournament was cancelled. Ha! Huh. Uh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> my face. Like when I was when I read it, I was like, "What? The weather didn't suit it." Right. Okay. So the tournament was cancelled. But I'm thinking, okay, if the weather didn't suit it, why are you having it in mi- Why is the tournament in Miami anyway? Why not have
0: it somewhere where the weather would suit it? Well, it's out, and I'm not being funny. <laughs> But tournaments aren't hosted because necessarily because of the weather. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what the weather was like. <laughs> but I'm assuming it must have been hot because.
1: Uh, what where are we, May, June? Mm. We've been to Florida when when we went to Florida, we went in June. It was all sun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So do you not play tennis when it's hot?
0: <laughs> <I don't> well. <know. laughs> I mean, I know the the like the American the U.S. Open tennis wise mm. is played in is it September or oh, times so it is a bit cooler maybe yeah in but... September it's played because when me and Mum went to New York in September it was on so they, they play that in September which yeah. is still warm but not their hottest yeah. month, I suppose
1: but I mean like the thing is though right if it was a weather thing they're gonna know typically what the weather is like so in miami at that at time of year yeah, yeah. so that's so the
0: tournament wouldn't be hosted at yeah. that yeah i mean year. we
1: know there wasn't a tournament in the first place but yeah. the fact that he's been making that up so its gonna like... think of
0: it properly then it, that should not have been the excuse yeah exactly he could have just said he picked up an injury I, I mean there's loads of excuses i mean you could have yeah. said oh i've hurt my ankle or yeah i, I don't arm. feel well exactly <laughs>
1: okay round two name something that's not boring
0: a laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details. We could rake something. I don't know. know. There, there yeah. could be plenty of excuses. But yeah. the weather? Yeah. That's
1: strange. I bet it
0: is.
1: That very is very, very much is. <laughs> um, so they had an amazing holiday. Mm. Um, and at no point did Amal have any clue that anything was wrong with Brian's parents because a few times during the trip he pretended to call them, so he's actually sitting right next to her, you know, on the hotel phone. Oh, hi, mum, hi, dad. No, that no is well, it's, oh, oh, that's
0: awful.
1: She said, and she said, like. Throughout the holiday, there was no sense that, like, Brian was upset about anything. You know, he wasn't stressed or nervous, anxious, nothing like that. He was perfectly happy, like, having the holiday of his life with no indication of the horror that he'd left behind. Like, how could you do that? Oh, So the trip cost about £30,000. Whoosh, what? <laughs> and Brian had used his parents' credit cards to pay for it all. That is... So you have killed him... And then you've had the cheek to use their credit cards to... But
0: then it again, them. it might be the credit cards have well, got their names. It's still so in their name, though, no matter like,
1: where yeah. the credit card came from. Well, it's still think, their name.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. But,
1: That's just horrendous. So when they got back to the UK, they went straight to Brian's parents' house. Now, see, right, you notice I've said they went to Brian's parents' house. So remember I was saying about the flat earlier on, that it had a flat. That's why I'm wondering if he'd... Like, why are they going to... Like, if they're going... If they're home, why mm-hmm. are they going straight to his house? Why would they not be going to the flat? So maybe he hadn't got the flat. So that's why I'm wondering if he's told her, yeah, I'm getting a flat, yeah. but I hadn't actually got it yet. Maybe. Because there's no there's no mention of his flat again.
0: Right,
1: okay. So, um, so yeah, so, like, because he, he was going to pop in and leave his luggage. I mean, if he didn't live there anymore, he wouldn't be leaving his luggage there, would he? So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think that was probably the case, just in case there was any confusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Brian was going to pop in and leave his luggage, and then they were going to Amal's. Yeah. So Amal waited outside like on the pavement, outside the front garden. She was standing there. So a, a neighbour stopped to chat and asked if Brian said, oh it's um... sorry I had, to, I really had to put it there. I was asked if Brian Senior and Jacqueline were back as well. And so from what I can gather is that the neighbours were under the impression that Brian Senior and Jackie were on holiday in Spain.
0: Right.
1: So <laughs> I'm not sure if they were actually booked to go to Spain
0: mm-hmm.
1: before Brian killed them, or if Brian had just told people That's that his going. parents were on holiday. But they did actually have a villa in Spain. Right. Um, so it wouldn't be unusual to any of the neighbours that mm-hmm. they were in Spain yeah. for, uh, for any sort of amount of time uh-huh. as well, you know, because they've got a villa out there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so Amal had said to the neighbours, oh, you know, they weren't, on, they weren't on holiday with us. You know, we went on separate holidays mm-hmm. and you know, she sort of like shouted on Brian to come over. Mm -hmm. So Brian appeared from the side of the house and told the neighbour that his parents weren't back yet and that he couldn't get into the house because he didn't have his keys. Okay. So it's a bit confusing because, of course, he knew that his parents were dead. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he told Amal and the neighbour that he didn't have his keys, then surely, if this was all true, you know, like, like they hadn't killed him or whatever then surely he must have been expecting them to be home from their holiday.
0: But then I'm confused because, as you said, when he left to get in the taxi, he came out of the house because he'd killed his parents. Yeah, but he went back in to say goodbye to them, so he never locked the door.
1: So he wouldn't have his keys with
0: him. So wouldn't the door be unlocked? Then? Oh, yeah. So, but he needs it. that's what I mean, I don't understand why he would need keys because either one, ah, he they... the door, or two, mm. surely the door would be unlocked. Cause... Yeah, but to them they
1: would just think that, they, that his parents have locked the door because they went on holiday after he's left. So in his mind, like the way that he's doing it, it doesn't make sense knowing what he's done, mm-hmm. but to Amal and the neighbour, it will make sense because when he left to go on holiday, mm-hmm. his parents were still in the house so he wouldn't have to lock the door. Oh, okay.
0: Yes. But then
1: his pa- he would have went on holiday, then his parents would have went to
0: Spain, mm-hmm. so his parents would have locked the door. But then I'm like wondering why he feels the need to say that, that he's not got his keys. Like, why can't he just go in the house and leave his luggage and away he went? Maybe
1: he didn't want to go in or... Well, see, I don't know. Why That's not? what I mean. Like, so, it's, yeah. it's
0: it's frustrating
1: because... You don't know exactly what... It's confusing. It doesn't seem to make sense. So, but as, we don't know. So, anyway, Amal said that he could stay at her house until his parents got back. And as as I've written here again, this is confusing because he told him a had a flat, so why wouldn't he go there? So that's why I'm thinking maybe yeah. it's sort of an afterthought. That obviously when I was writing it, yeah, I was yeah. kind of a bit confused, but now afterwards I'm thinking, yeah, he must have just told her that he was getting a flat and he hadn't moved in yet, or maybe something
0: happened, but it told her something. It felt yeah, there something. was
1: obviously he obviously didn't ha- he he obviously there was he couldn't go to his flat for yeah. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that like I think that was his plan. See that this is the thing. I think maybe that, that was his plan. i forgot about it, but I've read it. So that what we've just been saying. Mm-hmm. Why would they go back to the parents' house in the first place? I think he wanted to say that he was locked out, mm-hmm. so that he could go and stay at a house because he didn't want to stay in his parents' house because his parents' dead bodies uh, are there. Uh, yeah, so he needed an excuse for him for a male to say, "Oh, you can come and stay at my house." Yeah, yeah okay. So maybe that's why they went by. He went back and said, "Oh, can you get out? Uh, my parents are in the back." Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, yeah, but I mean, it's a uh, sound. Yeah, I suppose that would make yeah. sense. Um. So while he was staying at Amal's He did keep popping back to his parents house One time he brought back some wine From his dad's stash To give to Amal's mum To say thank you for letting him stay So I think Brian did have access to the garage
0: so I was just about to say, so if he was popping back, then why did he need
1: to keep staying that yeah, No, I think he had access to the garage. There was mention of, like, something about the car or something like that, but then I was like, only oh, can't drive. It was a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if he's told Amal that that's where the wine is kept, or maybe it was kept in there, I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's where he's got the wine from, it's from the garage. Right, okay. Because he couldn't have told her that he entered the house, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's supposedly locked out. So... He had been in the house though. I don't know if that was to get the wine, but at some point he had been in, in the house and he had just ignored the bodies. He just said he couldn't look at them. He just walked past them. And just couldn't look at them, and he took some family mementos, as well, um, like some photos and stuff. Mm-hmm. He took them and then, and the hammer that he had used. So at the time, he'd actually left, just left the hammer there and went on holiday. Oh, wow. So if anybody had discovered them, they would have they had, they had, they had they the murder be. weapon there. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, he took the hammer. Right. And then he just carried on as normal, staying at a mouse house, you know, just going about his, about his life. You should not be questioning, like, well, when are your mum and dad coming back? Well, I mean, we as, again, you don't know what's being said. I mean, because... The, I mean, it is, but it would be believable to other people because they've got a villa. So it's not like, oh, they're all away on holiday for two weeks, they have to check out their hotel. They've mm-hmm. got a villa. Yeah, yeah. So they could stay
0: mm-hmm.
1: the whole summer if they wanted to. They could stay for as long as they like. So... Mm. Um... Right, hang on, I've lost my place. Uh, yeah, so on the 19th of August 2004, which was more than three weeks after the murders, he picked up his exam results. Mm-hmm. So he got... Sh- Let's just go show how young he is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he, He'd got straight A grades and he was delighted and happy, but he told his teachers that he wasn't happy with his parents because they hadn't been there with him to get, go and get his results and he he felt that they had let him down because, you know, they go to school to pick up the results. Well, ain't funny. But but that's your own fault because you've killed him. (laughs) I just thought, really? How could you you say that? So he must have been wondering... He must have been wondering all this time what he was going to do with his parents' bodies because it's like, you know, somebody's going to notice sooner or later. So one day he went into, like, another village and he approached two young men and he offered them money to burn down his parents' house. So one of them actually thought that Brian was an undercover police officer. He said he just looked like he didn't fit in and they, they knew he wasn't local. Um, and, like, they said... Brian had said that the house that he wanted burned down belonged to a drug dealer and he wanted revenge or something. And I think the the two men were just like, nah, this is a police officer trying to catch us, mm-hmm. out," and, You know, because maybe they were involved with yeah, yeah. some sort of stuff. But they didn't believe a word of it, so, th- so it was a no from them. Mm-hmm. So... But another of the Blackwell's neighbours was starting to get worried because of the mail that was building up in the front porch. Mm-hmm. So the door to the porch was open. So he decided... To go and get the mail and like put it actually through the letterbox so yeah. that you know just so potential burglars yeah, yeah. couldn't see the the mail. Mm-hmm. So of course, as you can imagine, as soon as he opened the letterbox, the smell oh god gotcha. um, hit him in the face. You know yeah. he took a, a step back and he noticed that the door was like covered in flies. Right.
0: Okay.
1: So he looked in the windows of the house and like you could see all the flies. So the windows were covered with flies. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went into the kitchen window and he looked inside to see if he could see anything. So he'd never been in this house their house before so when he looked at the floor he assumed that it was like black lino uh-huh. on the kitchen floor yeah until he saw it moving and he realized that it was covered in flies oh, so gosh. that's how bad it was oh, you couldn't wow. see the floor for for the flies be, yeah. so he went back to his house and phoned the police mm-hmm. so the police arrived within 20 minutes and gained entry to the blackwell's house which they thought might have been burgled because there was some broken glass at the side of the house mm-hmm. So, of course, as soon as the police got inside, they could see they were looking at a crime scene. Mm-hmm. The bodies of the Blackwells were in the same place as Brian had killed them. So he just killed them and just left them there, basically. Mm-hmm. He hadn't attempted to move them, and they'd been there for six weeks by now. Oh,
0: they've been decomposing by Yeah. That.
1: So at first, the police thought it had been a burglary and the occupants of the house had been shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they thought they'd been shot, but I think they just couldn't tell exactly because of the decomposition. Com- why are words so hard for me sometimes? I don't know um, so they'd have to wait till the post-mortems were carried out before before they would know the cause of death. Mm-hmm. Um, so police wanted to find Brian to inform him of his parents' death. Of course. And they tracked him down to Amal's house where he was still, uh, still seeing. Um So two officers broke the news to him and he reacted like you'd expect from somebody who'd just been told that their parents were dead. He was shocked and upset, but then he was like, "No, like it can't be." You know, they're in Spain. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was like putting on the the disbelief, yeah, and yeah,
0: uh-huh. you
1: know, he put on a good act. Yeah. So they didn't suspect him in the slightest at, at first, mm-hmm. but then police started to get suspicious when, like, just totally out of context, Brian asked one of the officers if prison was cold. Oh. A really random question. I think prison does like look cold when you see it, it does always on the look telly, cold, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, so he must have given them more reason to suspect him yeah. as well. Like, mm-hmm. but you know that was part of it. Mm-hmm. And the following day, he was arrested for the murder of his parents. Right. So even in the police station, though, he seemed very sure of himself that he could like lie his way out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's police done a good job so far. Well, yeah, and, and his lies. Police think that he probably felt that he was cleverer than the officers that were interviewing him. Mm-hmm. There's a recording of him, and he says, "Quote: I'm here obviously because of. I'm here obviously because the police suspect me of doing this." I've been asked a number of what I consider to be slightly uh, 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 <laughs> I've been asked a number of what I consider to be slightly irrelevant questions mm-hmm. the reason i I was arrested was because I admit going to the house as other people have been up to the house, so obviously, in my mind, I'm wondering why they haven't been arrested right. Um, but I think I've proven that I've not been there when it's happened. And obviously, if I wasn't here to do it, then I shouldn't be held, court quote. So, and it just kind of came across the way that he speaks. He's very well spoken. Mm-hmm. And it just came across as if, if he was telling the police what to do. Like, yes. look, I'm clever. I didn't do it. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. You're not doing your job properly. You know, that was the kind of way that he came across. Mm-hmm. And then while Brian was being held in custody, police were carrying out like round-the-clock searches of the Blackwells at the Blackwells, and Amal's house as well, for evidence that would lead them to the killer. So a bag was found which belonged to Brian, and in it was a hammer and a set of keys to the house. So, hmm, funny that. He did have his keys to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, And Brian always maintained that he couldn't have gained access to the house because he didn't have the keys for it. He said it had been all locked. So it's like, mm-hmm. really?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you sure now? Uh-huh.
1: So officers confronted Brian with this, and they changed their interviews tactics and they changed the interview team so they wanted brian to like consider this important piece of evidence while being unfamiliar with the people who were talking to him
0: because
1: mm-hmm. he was obviously thinking he was big and clever speaking yeah, yeah. It. so they're like now nah, we're going to change it up
0: yeah
1: um so they was then interviewed by two different people and during the course of that brian then confessed so they must have kind of gave him a bit of a wobble uh-huh. so on another recording of him he said quote i had during the day been putting pictures up on my wall I'd just come into the lounge when we started having a discussion. It got to a violent stage in the arguments with my dad, where I obviously felt under pressure under pressure to push back. So he's saying that his dad started up. Mm-hmm. And then I struck him with the soft side of the hammer, the part you hammer a nail in with. That knocked him back slightly. It was a split reaction. My mum was in the kitchen, obviously heard the commotion and everything. She came in with a carving knife. And um. Up and I, sorry, he was describing that his mum came in with a carving knife and she was holding it up in a stabbing motion, right. obviously for self defence. Mm-hmm. I swung more than anything, swung the hammer just to get myself free. I'm not sure exactly who I struck, where, how many times or anything, and I remember I did take the knife. I just remember my dad lying in his seat. He had been really calm and matter of fact up until now. Oh, sorry, I'll put that in brackets. Right, so he said. I just remember my dad lying in his seat and then I've put in brackets that Brian had been really calm and matter of fact up mm-hmm. until now uh-huh. but then you can hear him he starts to cry at this point right. um and he says there was there was blood coming up my mum said what did you do boo so she must have called him boo mm-hmm. and he, he must have that must have kind of set him off so he was crying by this point and it's oh, like okay. really
0: mm. no sympathy for
1: you no sorry um but police forensics gave a different picture to what Brian told them. Brian Sr. had sustained massive head injuries, consistent with being struck repeatedly with a hammer or similar object. He had several stab wounds wounds to the left of his face, he'd suffered stab wounds to the upper chest, and significantly he'd suffered stab wounds and slash wounds to his arms and hands, and the forensics' opinion was that those marks from Brian on Brian Sr.'s hands and arms were entirely consistent with defensive injuries. So it's apparent that it was the subject of a savage and violent attack while he was sat in his chair. Mm-hmm. So Brian Junior, he was making it that, that he was just defending himself, mm-hmm. like
0: um, if he's sitting down in his chair, then he's not exactly
1: posing. A well, fight, is yeah, he? exactly. Like, th- and th- there was like no sign of a fight whatsoever, like you would expect. Like if his dad had attacked him and he was fighting back, like why wasn't like maybe a chair chairs knocked over or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know ornaments on the floor, you know some kind of yeah. um sign of a, yeah. of a
0: struggle,
1: mm-hmm. um you know but uh, yeah, say like he's sitting in his chair, so I don't I can't see that being no, self defence. I don't believe that one. So back to the recording, Brian Junior said, "Quote: I spoke to him for a bit and told him I still loved him." I thought, oh, you still loved him, even though you did that. Not him, you did that, but it's all right, I still love you. oh, fuck off. I couldn't believe what I had done. I saw my mum and she seemed alive. And the interviewing officer then said, when you say she seemed alive, Brian said, quote, she didn't look cold or like a dead person. I thought she may still be alive, but for some reason I can't explain, I pulled her to the bathroom Finally, I splashed some water on her and asked her to come back. The thing was, though, I didn't think that the blade had particular, particularly gone in deep because I don't know how easily a blade goes into somebody, but it was just short, like sh- just short jabs. Mm-hmm. Probably the blade was like an inch away from him each time. And with my mum, I couldn't see it because see it it was very close. I thought it had barely, you know, he's kind of like mm. stopping and starting. Yeah. But I couldn't believe that someone could die so easily. Right, okay. It seemed just like a bit of commotion. I couldn't believe that someone could die so easily from that. End quote. But, you know, as I said, like he's just like, oh, you know, i just give him a little t- a, a little stab. Not like no, what the forensics yeah, yeah. actually said. Yeah. You know, like, it was stop, violent. It was, was brutal. Say, stop trying to make it sound like you weren't violent, because you were. Um, so two days after his arrest, Brian was charged with his parents' murders. People who knew the Blackwells just couldn't believe this intelligent, quiet, polite young man could be responsible for such a brutal crime. The prosecution were putting forward that he was somebody who killed his parents for reasons of financial greed, but they were faced with a surprise twist when they received psychiatric reports. The reports concluded that Brian was suffering from NPD, so that's Narcissistic Personality Disorder, which made him obsessed with fantasies of success, power and brilliance. They said that the brutal killings were the result of a narcissistic rage and not premeditated murder. So Professor Jeremy Cold, who's a psychiatrist, said, quote, "'We ultimately don't know what prompted him to kill his parents. "'There are possibilities which might fit in with his narcissistic personality. "'The first is that somehow or other, the fantasy life that he created collapsed like a house of cards. "'He was going on holiday. He was intending on spending a large amount of money. "'His parents were not going to permit this.' And this caused such an outburst of rage in him that he became murderously angry and killed his parents at that stage. Uh, there is, of course, an alternative possibility, and that would tend to indicate that his personality disorder is actually even more severe than most cases that one usually encounters, and that he and that that's that he was utterly callous. That this was planned and that he effectively just dispatched his parents because they stood in his way, end quote. So at Liverpool Crown Court, the judge and prosecution team accepted Brian's guilty plea to two counts of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. During his court hearing, Brian made efforts to show his remorse and how he was facing up to the enormity of what he had done. He read a letter out in court and talked about the options he'd taken in hospital for anger anger management, and coming to terms with what he'd done. But in actual fact, that's exactly what psych- psychologists predicted that he would do. Mm-hmm. That he would become, as he probably was when he was free, so like he would become a model prisoner, mm-hmm. just as he was like a model son. Yeah. Well, that could be a good title, a model son. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good title. <laughs> hey,
0: you guys already know what it is, so maybe we went for that.
1: <laughs> maybe. Uh, just as he was a model son, and that it would be very difficult to tell if that was a genuine attempt to rehabilitate himself or just an attempt to defraud the parole system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So on the 29th of June 2005, at 19 years old, Brian was sent- sentenced to life in prison. But the judge took into account his age, and he also took into account that it was a plea to manslaughter rather than murder. Mm-hmm. So the life, the life sentence was discretionary rather than mandatory. Right. And that meant that he was eligible for parole to apply for parole after five and a half years
0: right,
1: so it was a significantly short period because it was reflected that he that should he make significant and sufficient progress when in custody and once he was assessed by experienced psychiatrists, if he were to pose no danger to the public then he could be released okay. so however, the judge stated that present evidence suggests that that conclusion is unlikely ever to be reached. So he's like, nah, I don't think so. He's no,
0: right.
1: he's not going to pass this. Yeah. You know, he's he, has, he is going to pose a danger to the mm. public and he's not going to get parole. But guess what? He got parole. He got parole. He was released on parole in 2016, so he served 11 years. Right, okay. Mm. Don't know how I feel about I, that. No, I just think that's... For two murders, I find that a bit lenient. But... Yeah. I can't comment when it comes to narcissistic personality disorder, but, you know, mental health mm-hmm. you, you can't no. it's a minefield and yeah. no, we don't know anything about you know, things or, like that no. so I'm not getting into it No, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everybody for listening, if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter uh, crime underscore divers underscore
0: pod and if you want to email us, we're crime underscore divers underscore pod at outlook.com
1: uh, on youtube we are crime divers one word podcast and tiktok we're crime divers podcast all one word yes and if you'd like to buy us a coffee it's buymeacoffee.com slash crime divers if you'd like to join us on patreon which is bonus episodes early access to episodes etc add free episodes yes that's well <laughs> um it's patreon.com slash crowd divers.
0: And if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and, and review. review. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.